Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybeal, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Now, here's John. Well, welcome to the April 7th, 2021 podcast. Seven days into the racing season, the Dick Simon Award goes to young helicopter pilot Mason Frank. He was the first one to take his race car out on the track, braving the cold on April 1st. Congratulations to Mason. Another announcement is this Sunday, April 11th, will be the first Spec Miata race. And after that will also be the first social event of the 2021 season. That's Clays and Cocktails. Ben Hasbrook runs the uh, the trap shooting for the day. Uh, make sure everybody brings steel shots. So if you run out to get ammunition, uh, the club requires steel shot be used out on the trap shooting range. Our guest this week in the first member highlight podcast of the 2021 season is Jim Dvorak. Jim has been around the club for a few years. He's uh, an amazing guy, super interesting, uh, very helpful, very kind. We have got to know him uh, so much over the last year and spent a wonderful time down in Sebring with him when he was racing down there. So, producer Mark McFarlane and I sit down with Jim Dvorak to get a little bit of background and learn more about his racing career and all the interesting things that he has done, and it's quite interesting. You're not going to want to miss this interview. Without further delay, let's welcome producer Mark McFarlane and Audubon Country Club member Jim Dvorak on the Audubon Country Club podcast. Red button, probably. Is it recording? I don't know. Is it recording? It's new, so I don't know. We can catch that this previous is, joke. This is like a pre-flight for John. <laughs> like, this what is, button do I push? Does this one work? This is the first time we've. Yeah, when do you land? When do you start landing at O'Hare? Uh, probably, I think. Um, well, anyway, it's, uh, there's. Yeah, you guys are gonna have to add like 20 minutes to your uh, block times just for taxi time. Well, welcome to new and improved fourth year. Of Audubon fourth Country. year, the of fourth the year, uh, fourth season of the Audubon Country Club podcast. They keep renewing us. Yes, <laughs> John Grebeel, Mark McFarland, Jim Dvorak. We uh, are gathered here today with some new equipment. Um, we're every year I talk about the new equipment we have, and hopefully we're making it better and better. Um, and so we've got better and better equipment. I've got push button mixing board stuff here it's very impressive thanks very impressive <laughs> you might want to come just a tad bit closer All right. as the producer speaks way away from got the it middle. yeah right there like you're like almost in the center of our head right the does center this, does this am i there yeah, yeah perfect yeah. now yeah perfect yeah that's great i uh i'm so this is another drinking again drinking podcast i'm drinking sh shocking <laughs> I really need to text Spencer to tell him to bring me a gin and tonic. <laughs> Does he make the drinks for you? Yes. Okay. Is it wrong that a 15-year-old makes me cocktails? Well, I think he's them, well on his way. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Hey, he's got to learn something for college. I'm yeah. drinking, um, thank you, uh, Nadia Bowman, I'm drinking a truly black <laughs> cherry hard seltzer. Those are really good with gin. Um, Michelob Ultra here. Michelob Ultra. 2.6 grams of carbs. 
Okay. And Spencer will be bringing me a Hendrix on the rocks. Nice. <laughs> you know, you have a Diet Coke now. You I know. Get... I so, need caffeine. Um, alcohol. Uh, yes. I've been drinking that yes. um, Corona Premier. Premier. That's outstanding. Also oh. 2.6 grams of carbs. Yeah, it's like nothing. It's really good. It really is yeah. good. It really is good. Um, Costco used to carry it, but no more. No more. I don't know what happened. Um, it's very disappointing. Wow, I don't know. It seemed seemed good. To, uh, yeah, I had it last night, and it was it was great. Yeah. So we are coming to you live from the MPG Podcast Studio Studio here at the Audubon Country Club. They graciously, uh, the producer of that podcast, graciously allowed us to use their studio for the Audubon Country Club podcast. That was nice of them. This really is a, sets a, quite an automotive theme and, and vibe right here, just looking at all these cars. I mean, yeah, it's pretty this amazing. doesn't get the juices flowing. I don't know what will, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it is, uh, I don't even know what that, sure, surely I know. It's the 30th of January, so it's an early, early, early podcast for the season. Yeah, First but, one. And we're actually here also watching the 24 hours. 24 hours of... Uh, Daytona. Uh, Daytona. Yeah. Oh, I, th- really I thought nice it was going to be a 24-hour podcast. Yes, you're going to so, sit here oh. for 24 hours. We're oh, going to learn. Excellent. It would get pretty silly about 2 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Jim Dvorak, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is uh, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. We uh, will we'll touch on our attempts to do this earlier in the month multiple attempts to do this earlier in the month and we didn't pull it off however here we are we were able to push forward discipline fortitude and we made it happen i think it was worth the wait because i think we got a lot more uh material than if it would have been uh, i don't know three weeks ago yeah that could be that could be uh well i like to start off my very first question where did where did you grow up i actually i was born in uh Czechoslovakia. Really? Yeah. Then uh, when, uh, when the Russians decided to uh, overtake our country, my parents thought, this is, this is really a good time to uh, go to America. So, and then America said, welcome. Nice. And, so and I was six years old. Six years old, really? Yep. And uh, you spoke Czech then up until then? I did back then and still to this still day. Today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do, yeah. Haven't forgotten it, huh? No, no, no. So, it, I don't get a chance to use it as as often as I would like any longer. But you know, my my aunt's still alive, so I get well, to so fumble say, through it. Welcome to the Autobahn Podcast in Czechoslovakia. <laughs> <laughs> and here comes. Je to výborný tady v Autobahn dneska. Děkujem, Jana. John. Nice, nice. First time ever international and, language is yeah. spoken on this podcast. We probably had some Swahili yeah. or something. Yeah. Okay. Mungu, French. Mungu fariki na sisi. I bet you there's some French that was spoken. <laughs> Definitely some French words been said. <laughs> we, we cut the. Uh, oh, and uh, young Spencer McFarland oh. has arrived. Wow. With uh, a, that's a good, that's a good son. Yeah. That down there. I had three daughters, and not one of them would ever get me anything. So <laughs> they'd get, give me that look, like, what? What? Yeah. It's even. Yeah, you can look. get it. Unfortunately, this is an audio podcast, but it's properly poured. Good job. 
So what? Did, okay. So what? Yep. Let's stay focused. This is gonna. So, I see. We're gonna be distracted. This is yeah, like having. I know. Kyle Nato on. What did your mom and dad do over in Czechoslovakia? So it's interesting. Before the the communists put him in jail for you know freedom of speech and you can't do this and you can't do that because you know they they thought it was important to to express your freedom. Um, so uh, yeah, they they did. Uh, my dad went to prison and my uncle for five years due to wow. their nonconformance of the communist party. Holy cow! And uh, you know, my mom was sent to uh, about three years, I believe. What we what, so, and you were only five, four or five years. Oh, old? I was. This was before I was born. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was uh, kind of. I don't want to say deja vu, but. Deja vu. Well, deja vu. So, uh, yeah, so once they, you know, it wasn't like they sat in a, in a prison cell. My dad worked in a uranium mine. So, wow. you know, was, was a tough way to, tough what, way to start. Not easy labor. What no. did he do before he went? So my dad was actually, it would have been kind of equivalent to the uh, head of a Department of Transportation for... I guess something that would be equivalent to a county here. So it was a good job. My work, my mom was a research, worked in a research lab. And then uh, once um, the communists decided that they weren't participants of the, the program, my dad uh, ended up, he was a truck driver, you know, when I was born and my mom worked as a, as a secretary. So, um, and, and it was until you know, we went on our six-month vacation to America. <laughs> six, so, six months. And how many, how many yeah. months has that been now? Yeah, it's been <laughs> night, January. Actually, uh, January 15th, 1969 is when... Uh, 52 years ago. When we landed. 53, 53 yeah. years ago. So, oh, that's awesome. And yeah. So how did you get, how did you get here? Did, was it a plane, boat? Uh, Boeing 707. Really? Yeah, Lufthansa. Lufthansa delivered yeah. you to, not Midway, probably. Well, we, we went to O'Hare I'm via, sorry, Midway, not via O'Hare. Milwaukee, actually. Uh, there was weather in uh, in Chicago, so we had to divert to Milwaukee. In, to Milwaukee, yeah. Mitchell. Yeah. General Mitchell uh, Airport yeah. up there. Right, and we sat there for like three hours, which is always fun to do after, you know, like a probably a 12-hour, because we had to connect in uh, in Frankfurt. So in that, I was on a Yak 42. Oh, for the uh, Czech, Czechoslovakian yeah. Airlines yeah. Yak 42. So, yeah. and, and that was so. The, okay, so you get you finally get to O'Hare. Yeah. Did you have relatives O'Hare. here? Did yeah, my my two of my mom's brothers were here already. So one uh, that was the spy for the West. That's kind of why my parents, you know, they were harboring a, a fugitive. That's kind of what got them. Is that hot, real? Hot Is that true? I swear to God, yeah. So it was, yeah. <laughs> so they so, were harboring a spy. So <laughs> they didn't well, make that up. <laughs> they didn't really harbor him. He, he kind of went to their house, and as they say, timing is everything. They, the the party saw that there was a you know guest, and uh, they came in. Of course, my uncle, being the the savvy little spy, he got out. But my parents uh, got caught up. What got caught up in it? So, so when he came here to continue to work for an intelligence agency well i I, i'd like to to tell you john but you know that's still uh that's still still working (laughs) national security i can't can't really divulge that (laughs) no they have actually all parties have passed so uh but yeah now he he was a in the construction business so 
So they say. <laughs> so they say. Wow. So when you so got yeah. here, was it? Were, were you? Ex- did you have brothers, sisters that came with you? Uh, no, I was an only child. Still am. <clears throat> so. <laughs> okay. All right. That's and good. And couldn't speak a lick of English. Uh, not was to it, save myself. Was it so. scary? Did you know what was going on at six? Was, was it exciting? No, was it scary? No, you know, we were going on. My parents said vacation, so I stuck with that story. So that's what I told my years teachers. Later, still sticking to it. We're sticking. Yeah. <laughs> told my teachers, I'll be back next year. Sure. Did you okay. know you weren't, or did they? Oh, no, I had no clue. What, so they, I had really no clue on so what was So they told on. you, hey, we're going on vacation, and that's Correct. What you thought. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it go, was... Go see Mickey Mouse. Yeah, <laughs> Donald Duck, yeah. No, it was, it, it was interesting, because uh, we were actually in Poland on vacation, real vacation, at the Gdansk, the, at the sea there, and, um, you know, we're coming back, and, like, wow, that's a lot of military personnel heading to the border. And that was all the Russians coming in. So I do remember that. I remember the Russians in our occupying our hometown. Um, so yeah, it was. We used to, you know, stick our tongues out at the Russian soldiers as they walked by, without them knowing, of course. Wow. They, you know, we'd be in trouble if they saw us sticking our tongues out at them. So. Wow. Yeah. So it was uh, interesting. But then you come so, to the land of so Illinois. Land, yeah. yeah, yeah. And what, so, what did your so, mom and dad do once I got here? Once so, my dad actually had a, a job. He worked at a lumberyard, okay. and then he became a, a diesel mechanic there for the lumberyard. And my mom worked uh, worked as all immigrants, you know, in a factory down in, in Chicago, making O-rings. Oh, really? Wow. So, yeah. So, and how how quickly did they pick the language up? Did they eventually? So, get... I picked it up pretty quickly. They, you know, they demoted me to. Even though I was in first grade, they made me go into kindergarten for about three months. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then, then, then the language seemed to kind of come pretty quickly. You know, kids kind of pick that stuff up pretty yeah. easily. So, um, Yeah, they say um, learning, um, but if you can learn language for 10 or 12, you generally don't have an accent. Yeah, that's, I always find that pretty interesting on, you know, because I have some friends you know, from Greek, Greece or whatever, you know, they came here 12, 13, and man, that, that accent's still there. So it's very, I find that kind of fascinating. That's why I had the Chicago so, accent. I moved here when I was, right. you know, eight. Yeah. So I have that Chicago thing going. You know, I, uh, <laughs> when I went down, down south to central <laughs> Illinois, <laughs> when I met my wife uh, in the Ozarks, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, that, that that guy's got a real Chicago accent. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, so you, where did you guys live? So we, we mo- first we moved to Cicero, um, Al Capone. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. So <laughs> then, then my, uh, my mom and dad uh, and my uncle went halves on a two flat. So, you know, like all good immigrants, got to have a two flat. And then we moved to Oakbrook Terraces, which was where I grew up, and it's where school? I live now. Willowbrook High School okay. in Villa Park. So, oh. yeah. And you still live there? I do, yeah. 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 And how often do you go back? Do you go back to Czechoslovakia? Have you so, been back, or how did that? So I have not. I've flown over it many times on the way to the Middle East and, and whatnot, like literally like right over my hometown. 
Because your first grade teacher is waiting for you to come back. They're That's waiting. Right. They're <laughs> still waiting. They're still waiting. <laughs> He'll yeah. be here. He'll be here. He's going to make it. But, yeah, it's it's a place I do want to go. And just for, you know, so many different reasons, just never kind of made language. it back. I do speak the language. Yeah. I've never, we, I've not been there. We actually do have a trip this year. It was supposed to be last year with work to, to Prague and Poland. So that hopefully I'll, you know, they're going to need somebody, a translator on it. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and how do and how how do you stay up with the language? So you spoke it with your parents, I'm assuming. Yeah. Right, so the my my aunt still lives in uh, about two blocks from me. So she's kind of my only kind of source. And then when I get interviewed and somebody wants me to, you know, say something in Czech in the podcast. So, yeah. yeah. Every so. yeah. Those podcast hosts. How about yeah. the daughters? Do they speak at all? Not, uh, no, no, not a lick. Yeah, no, they. <clears throat> They expressed a little bit of interest, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay." And then, you know, kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, you know how kids are, <clears throat> yeah. So teenagers, <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, your high school, and then yeah. wh- where, what happened? What, what's so, how did you? I'm assuming you're all in, always in the cars, right? I bet the whole. So the whole I was actually kind of more in airplanes. Believe it or not, I really had like little interest in cars until uh, until I was probably like 20, 21, and then uh, you know, got the first year Mustang GT, and then started autocrossing really? with my '83 Mustang and F stock. So that was kind of my first foray into uh, competition with the cars. So, but before then, it was mostly airplanes. Had a, a pretty cool opportunity in my high school. We had an aircraft construction class, an aeronautics class. No kidding. So in high yeah. school. In high school, yeah, we built a uh, a peat and pole air camper with a sixty-five horsepower Franklin. A, a real airplane. So, real airplane. Yeah. In school. Yep. In high yeah. school. In a public high school. In public high school. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Who flew it? Uh, our it well. <laughs> Brain to fly it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it we were doing ground testing on it, and it had a little, uh, it was a tail dragger, and somehow the brakes grabbed, and it kind of flipped. flipped. Yeah, it didn't quite flip, but it kind of dinged up the prop, and then, yeah. you know, uh, the administrators thought, ooh, you know, insurance, uh, maybe this airplane shouldn't fly. But the, they did build a, vo- the, the class, a couple classes before me built a Volksplane and a Mead glider, which actually did fly. Um, but uh, the Pete and Paul, yeah, the Pete and Paul did ground tests and stuff, and then they knew better. <laughs> so and they only offered foods class. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, you know, wow. ended up going to to uh, Lewis University, and you know, got my private commercial multi, all of that, my A and P mechanics license. And, oh, I did, so I yeah. didn't know you, you flew that much. Yeah, I knew you yeah. flew, but not that much. Yeah, so, so you got your multi, multi, yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh! Seneca too. Guy from the Seneca. back of the street. Okay, Multi. so you start yeah. out generally speaking, you start out with a private pilot's license. Right. Next step would be your instrument rating. Right. Then it would be a commercial rating, and then it would be multi-engine or instructor Multi. probably. Instructor. Yeah. So I never got my CFI <clears throat> and and certified flight instructor. Correct. CFI. Yeah. So that would be the, generally the next step, but you can would. skip that and then go to multi-engine. Correct. I actually took my commercial. Check ride in a multi-engine airplane, so I'm I'm only uh, I only have commercial pilot's privileges, privileges in, in a multi, so. which is crazy to yeah. think that you can. So this is how it works. Yeah, if you do your commercial work in a multi-engine airplane, you don't get single-engine yeah. credit for it. So you couldn't be. You have to have a commercial yeah. 
So I couldn't be a, a CFI in a single engine airplane. Right. So, so to yeah. get paid as a, as a flight instructor, right. you have to have a commercial okay. license. Yeah. And Jim is one of the most, which is not normal. It's no, not, it's, it's not, not normal. normal. And I'm not, quite frankly, I'm not sure why the, that worked the way it did. I, I think I just, like, yeah, you know, I don't ever want to be a flight instructor. I just want to get my multi and, and move along and. And, and you have that. a mechanics license too. Yeah, I, I have so an, an A&P. you can wrench out the plane and then get in the plane and fly. Correct. The plane. And then for various reasons, you know, I met the girl and had kids. And so I, I kind of went the mechanics route. But I did um, once, I, I left the airlines and, and got into business aviation. I got an opportunity to do some... Uh, do some right seat flying and stuff, so okay. and some nice equipment. Yeah, you could totally so, right. Yeah, so. yeah, you could still fly that today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if they need. So. so I got my. Interestingly enough, um, to get your commercial, we'll get your commercial license. It has to be in what's called a complex complex airplane, which means landing gear. I mean, yeah. landing gear and a constant speed prop, prop or something. Yep. Yeah, retractable <clears throat> landing gear, constant landing speed prop. To, and I believe it might be over 200 horsepower, too. I'm, I'm not... There might be a horsepower component, yeah, to it too. I think it, if it is, it's like 200, but... So when speed. I got out of pilot training, they, uh, in the Air Force, we got instrument, uh, multi-engine commercial, and, uh, you know, multi-engine rate, I guess, and then... So I did not have a single engine commercial like you. So uh, you get competency stuff. So once you learn certain airplanes in the military, you can take that information in your check ride forms. You go down to the FAA, and then they give you, they sign you off for the equivalent of whatever. So I got my, I had a multi-engine rating with a centerline thrust. So I had two, so what I flew in the Air Force pilot training had, the, the thrust was so, to get so close together, the engines were so close mm-hmm. together, and in the T thirty seven, they weren't powerful enough to offer enough single enough multi engine um, adverse yaw from uh, only one engine pushing. So I had a multi, I had a centerline thrust restriction, so I could only fly. And the only multi engine airplane, really, that I can think of would be the uh, was the O two O two Cessna three thirty seven. The right. Sky Sky Mixmaster Mixmaster the Sky Master Sky Master yeah. Sky Master, which has a motor in the front and a motor yeah. in the back right. pushing so two prop two okay. props and so to get my I, I flew a A thirty seven which had bigger engines in it and that allowed me to remove the centerline thrust restriction so now I had a real multi engine so the way I got rid of my interesting enough I got my commercial single engine is once I got checked out in F sixteens with only one engine. Some would argue that that is a complex airplane. <laughs> it does have retractable gear. So, I would agree. There's so, a little bit of horsepower. Yeah, I went down to Springfield, Illinois, with my F-16 check type rating, or not type rating at the time. I don't have type rating for that, but uh, my check ride. And I said, I'd like my commercial instrument or my commercial single engine license and the guy's like, I have never seen this before. <laughs> he goes, but okay. And that's how I got my... Commercial single engine because of my F-16. That's 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 a good one. I, so, that, yeah, I'm, I'm a little John you, trivia. I'm so so I suppose all I have to do is just get some F-16 time, and then, you get and your, then I'll, yeah. I'll, that, that yeah. might be the yep. that's my end, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you probably? I bet you probably have the only. You probably have the record at the Autobahn for the most horsepower driven. 
That's an interesting point. That's a good question. Well, Nobody's driven more horsepower. I would assume yeah. the seventh gym. I would, I would assume. Sorry. My mac and cheese is done. <laughs> Throw the jalapeno poppers in, man. <laughs> Will somebody take that wow. out? I'll run upstairs real yeah. quick. Okay. Um, wow. I don't want to hear your answer. Yeah. Um, so I would assume the F-16 had, uh, I would guess, 30,000 pounds that, that of thrust? Sounds, that sounds about right. You know, what and does a, that equate to in horsepower? I don't know, Jim. And then a seven, But a 737 has two 28,000-pound yeah. engines, so the right. 737 has much more horsepower. Yeah, right. You know, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know what the, the technical the, the comparison is. Well, you've definitely you know? probably had one of th – there's probably – how many pilots are here in, in the Autobahn? Commercial pilots that would have flown that big airplane. Because uh, you probably you have the, the fastest. I bet you've flown the fastest, too. You, you've, but you've moved to... Joe Miklos? No one's probably Joe gone. Joe Miklos, but yeah. which he was, he'd be the same as me, because yeah. I don't think he's flown anything bigger than a, than a 737. Yeah. I don't think a C-130 would have had more So you might, have, you might have the most speed, He did not. He, did, he wasn't in the military, so, yeah, 1.6 yeah. Mach... So I guess you're that's, right. You're have, the fastest I, man at Autobahn, That's John. true. That Dang, is true. man. Yeah. That's, yeah, thanks, Producer yeah. Mark, for bringing that, that up yeah, as, as he runs off to tend to the food. Right. Yeah. Well. Um, I never thought about that. Yeah. I have, the, I have this. You're the, the rocket man. I have the speed record of all the Autobahn yeah. drivers. <laughs> I, I, I would tend to agree. I think there's, there's probably some members that have... Airplanes and jets and yeah. jet time, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm sure. I do know, I know one, Tony Weir's so, flown. Yeah, you know, I don't know if he's licensed, but I know he's flown right seat um, legally. Yeah. and you know his lessons and stuff, you know, in jets. So, right, but probably not 737 ish. Twenty. Yeah. So was that fifty? Because some of those small jets are. I mean, <clears throat> they got what, like three, four thousand pounds of thrust. They're pretty. They're, they're pretty light. Those oh yeah, very light not, jets. Yeah, because we're. I'm probably taking off in a 737 on average 150,000 yeah. pounds. Our globals are 99.5. Well, that's, that's no our, joke. No. That's no joke yeah. at all. Oh, yeah. That's got, they're like, it's right around in the high 14 as far, far as uh, thrust yeah. on those, so Rolls-Royce. Yeah, so um, you go to Lewis University, down, yep. oh, right here in Joliet? Right here. Right yeah. here in Joliet. Yep. And um, what was your first um, job after... So my first job was actually working for Flying Tigers, which is oh, really? a freight airline that kind of got consumed by uh, FedEx. Which started, so, Flying Tigers started out of China, right? And, and, well, yeah, well, it was kind of, it was out of the U.S., but the, the guy who started it was actually flying in the uh, Flying Tigers out in, in China with the P-40s. So that's how that the whole name started. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. so that's where, so the Flying Tigers yeah. were a element of the military in china correct yeah. ah, i thought it was all together and then he yeah. just assumed that name when he started flying tigers here he, he yeah so because oh, tigers started i think i think in the late 40s if, if i'm not mistaken but when did fedex so, buy him in the 80s it would have been let's see 1980 mid 80s 1982 yeah. somewhere around there so yeah and yeah, so how big and, of operation was it? Well, we had 747s and DC-8, uh, 61s and 63s at the time. So, uh, And then they started getting some 727s 
after that. Uh, but that was kind of after after I left and went to work for Braniff. So you, from so, there you went to Braniff, Braniff, which was a commercial it was passenger, an, passenger carrier. Passenger airline yeah. out of, based out of Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, and then... Southwest, which Southwest ultimately bought. Correct, yeah. Right. And they yeah, had the, they seven, they had the 72s, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're 727s. 727s, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, then I went to United Airlines, uh, did about 20 years there, and then had an opportunity... At O'Hare? At O'Hare. And then had an opportunity to get into business aviation, and the, I don't know if the time was right, but I kind of rolled a dice, and, you know, I've always uh, liked... Uh, corporate aviation. Uh, a friend of mine was a uh, uh, flew a Citation One at the time, and so I would fly right seat with him because it was uh, it was a single pilot airplane. But some of their customers required a, a co-pilot, so he would call me from time to time. So I got some. Oh, heck yeah, I'll fly a jet. So that's had a little bit of my my flying nice. kind of through that that aspect. So out of St. Charles, you fly out of St. Charles. He was actually out of Rockford. Okay. But I do actually. I'm our our uh, home base right now is DuPage County Airport. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. do you even know who Jim works for? Producer Mark. No. Who does Jim work for? Oh. Well. Well. We're well. about to find out. Did you ever see so, my car? No. So no. now, now who are you working for? Now I work for McDonald's Corporation. Excellent corporation. It is. Big fan of so McDonald's. I am as well. So yes. it's uh it's a, it's a just a. It really is a great company to work for. I mean, in every aspect, as far as the corporate aspect of it, the way they take care of the employees, and um, and as far as aviation, I mean, we got a great group of guys. Very small department. I knew the original pilot. So, oh, we can go way back. So, 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 wow. yes, I'll I'll catch everybody up. Yeah. So, Mark McFarlane. That's how it's spelled, not pronounced, right? Which I don't it's, know why. It's, it's McFarlane. Yes. McFarlane. McFarlane? Yes. Are so you in any relation to Seth? Everybody asks me that. No. <laughs> I wish. That's yes. like everybody asks me if my if I'm related to the composer. Oh. oh. Are you? Anton. Uh, I still get royalties from great-grandpa Anton <laughs> and his New World Symphony. Uh, <laughs> that's how I'm a... That's, that's how I can uh, race 40, cars. Yes. That's right. It's not the new McChicken sandwich coming yeah, No, unfortunately, I, I'm not any relation to him. But okay. uh, I could be. I mean, divorce. Yeah. You, know, you never know. We're both Czech, and we're from there. And yeah. So, But not to my knowledge. So. so Mark, as I mentioned to you just a few weeks ago, so Mark's father, Mark producer Mark here's mm-hmm. father, was the vice, the vice president when it was only a vice president, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the, of back international. In the, Wow. And at McDonald's Corporation. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ray Kroc yeah. was Uncle Ray. Wow. So and, that's, and, and that's wow. the date I go back. And that's Aunt, awesome. Aunt June. Yeah. I, knew, I knew Aunt June very well wow. yeah. as a kid. She was very friendly to me when I would <clears throat> run around at the Plaza Building, which, which no longer exists. It's rubble. Yes. You know that... And the seventh floor on the Plaza Building, which yeah. no one knows about, which was, yeah, that was the, the think tank. Right. <laughs> It they was had a great right above sensory the, deprivation room. I've been to the eighth floor, For real? which was dead serious. Yeah, yeah. and that the executives built, were on the eighth. Yeah. yeah, so that building was it. It was like a bomb shelter. I watched because I live in a like yeah. literally on the other side of the mall. Okay, it was a beast to get that building down. I mean, it they was they kept swinging months. that ball. Did McDonald's build it, or did they take it? Yeah, they, they, no, had built they built it. Building. It yeah. was nothing but concrete. You want to talk about Cold War era? Seventies architecture. Oh, it was just like being in Berlin. 
Yeah. So yeah. no, it was very cool. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's why they had that. There was like no use for that building because they couldn't run any like networking through it. You couldn't like there were no cell phones. It was just like a, an unusable building because there was like there's no way to run conduit through but, anything. But it had a helipad. It did. And, and if I, you come by our hangar, you'll you'll see some really cool vintage pictures. I bet of, you my father might be in one of those. It could oh, be. Oh, that would be cool. That yeah. would I would totally love to cool. see it. I would yeah. love to take a tour. Yeah, because the original pilot was flying your dad over before faxes, right? He had to go. Well, the story is with my father. Um, it's a great story. Uh, they had, he before fax machines and everything, was mid-70s. And they had to sign some paperwork in London for, I don't know, some building. I, beyond me, I was young. and. Mm -hmm. But the only way he could get there, he had to hop out. So the helicopter flew into our backyard, mm -hmm. landed in the backyard, took off from our backyard, mm -hmm. flew to O'Hare, dropped yeah. him at O'Hare, hopped on a plane wow. from O'Hare. It's a Bell Jet Ranger, by the way. <laughs> and, then, and then what plane would he have taken overseas? Then it, No, it gets so, better. Then he flew from O'Hare to New York, hopped in New York on the Concorde. Mm. And flew on the Concorde. So McDonald's yeah. took, airplane took him to New York. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so that would have been a G2. Oh. Uh, yeah, we, we G2 standing name? for Gulf, Gulf Stream 2. Yeah, and the guy yeah. always, my father would always complain when he would take off. He'd be, you know, down the runway and then just hammer down and straight up at like 90 degrees. John, you could relate to that. <laughs> well, if, you, if the airplane can do that, why wouldn't you why do that? Would, yeah. why, and why yeah. would you not? Why, why would you not? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I still remember my mom and dad and Ray Kroc and, and June Kroc were flying out to Vegas. Oh, I thought you were talking about June Cleaver. No, June Croc. Oh. And then, and then in June would be June uh, Mar Martino's mother. The secretary. Yeah. Yes. Was Aunt and June. Yeah. Aunt June just, was, just kidding. The, was yeah. It yeah. was Martino's yeah. uh, mother. Uh -huh. And super member sweet here, John. Yeah. John, John Martino, yeah. sweetest lady ever. Yeah. And uh, but my, I still remember my mom going. I've never thrown up on an airplane until I flew the McDonald's corporate jet. Because mm. <laughs> you would just, just nail it straight up in the air. Just so you know, we don't serve McDonald's as catering on those airplanes. Anymore? I, when I grew up in, in the early, you know, in the 80s. I don't know why, because I think it's so, fine cuisine. McNuggets were just coming out. I the spicy up, McNuggets are coming back. They're really good. Right. But McNuggets were supposed to be an onion. I could go for days. But long story short, my dad would bring home trays and trays of nuggets because i was like the taste kid yeah. here taste these, oh, no taste these. really yeah. every night he'd bring home a tray of dang nuggets because they had like something at the headquarters that was like a sand, like a yeah, yeah. Like a test kitchen and it's interesting that's not um, far from here you know i i could say but yeah, exactly. oh it's like a secret test oh there a is secret. a test kitchen. and actually yes. one of the chefs yeah um in the test kitchen eddie and jobo remember eddie and mm -hmm. jobo from b96 yeah. ed volkman's brother whose father used to be a weatherman here in chicago is one of the chefs there you go there's your six degrees wow. of separation wow there wow you go. um this uh audubon country club podcast <laughs> is about race car driving is, oh yeah so yeah, you're yeah, gonna yeah, have yeah. to delete about, the last right. 25 <laughs> minutes <laughs> of me talking <laughs> about McDonald's. yeah so let's talk about racing so, so what are you racing what do you so race? well the way we got to start no. at the beginning we got to oh. go chronologically oh, so yeah. you're we're in, a, we're in the original GT Mustang. Doing so, doing solo two in SCCA. Okay. Um, had lots of fun and. The uh, mid. So, how long have you been an SCCA member? So, um, I took a little hiatus um, until uh, last year. So, after I had so much fun doing the, the club racing, I decided, like, you know what? I think the, the SCCA would be 
would be a lot so of you, fun. So you came back in. So we'll get we'll yep. get there. We'll get there. Yep. We'll get there. So we'll have. Um, so you're doing you're in the mid '80s. Yep. You're doing mid-80s. some SEC stuff. Were you working yep. on your own car at the time? Or? Yeah, I was doing all my my own stuff. Um, it was easy back then. Now I don't understand cars any longer. Just airplanes. So that's why I have. Uh, you know, I have people work on my cars now. So, no, I, I'm just kidding. So when did you so, actually start road racing? So I, so it's it's really funny. So it, it's same thing. So it's kind of a small world, right? So um, I used to like Porsches and used to do some um, some drivers HPDE stuff and um, high performance drivers education, which yep. they call track days. Track basically. days, right? Yeah. And so I got to be friends, uh, and we're still really good friends, uh, Sean Young, which uh, was a former member here and, and spec me out a guy. And so he, I was buying a set of belts from him or something, but we just got to be friends. We, we met at a, like a, a Dominic's parking lot at 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, it was doing like it was, we are doing a deal. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so that's where, that was my first exposure to a racetrack which I would do track days at uh, Blackhawk Farms and then uh, did a couple here as well through uh, his company, Laps Incorporated. So, um, and then, you know, kids had to go to college and, and whatnot, so... This is, so this was fast forward to mid-2000s, early yeah, 2000s. Yeah, so early 2000s. Yeah. And uh, so got the kids through school. And so another uh, passion of mine is playing hockey and... So I was uh, doing a, a hockey camp over in, in Chicago uh, with Craig Anderson. And after, after one of the, the classes, we're up at the, at the bar having a beer. Imagine that. Um, we start, because he, he, I knew he was involved in, in auto racing, and I knew he liked Corvettes. Um, just due to the artwork on his uh, on his goalie mask, which you know those are very very personal things for for hockey players and goalies especially, and we started talking about cars, and he says, you know, uh, my brother John and I do Spec Miata, and so he's actually the one who kind of opened up my eyes to Spec Miata. Sean mentioned it to me that you know you should try Spec Miata. <laughs> No, you know, I'm a Porsche what, guy. What, what core were you? So, so you're using a Porsche for your high-performance driving? Yeah, I had a Boxster S, 2001 okay. Boxster S, okay. that uh, did a little bit of work to, you know, like a mm-hmm. seat, harness, suspension. Which, Great car. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a fantastic car, and and Brian and George kind of set it up for me. From Eurosport. Um, yeah, yeah, and this was before, you know, when they were, I think it was only, their only shop was the Bensonville shop. Mm-hmm. So really had a lot of fun with that. And then when the whole Mazda thing and stuff started to kind of like pick at my brain, I thought, wow, this, let me look into that. So long story short, yeah, Sean Young and and Craig Anderson and and his brother John were the ones who really kind of turned me on to the, the spec Miata world. So, and then, so I, you know, figured, well, I need, if I'm going to do spec Miata, I, I need a spec Miata. So, step one. <laughs> step one. So when talked to George, he was like, I think I, I think I know one for sale here. And um, he goes, it's over at the paddock. So sure enough, I go look at it. It's like, wow, this is like really, this looks like a really nice car. Not that I knew anything about spec Miatas. But anyway, so I called the number and it's Art Zismer. And um, uh, club member. From, club member, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, um, you know, Art 
kind of got me going on it and and we're i mean dear friends to this to this day and hopefully have a beer with him later today oh fantastic but, i tell yeah. him i want to, i do definitely want to get him on the podcast yeah. he's such a prince i mean he so, is oh my gosh. The, the knowledge that man has oh is is whether it's in in the mechanical aspect and driving i mean his record speaks for itself you know, with his early days in stock car racing and, yeah, I want, you know, I want to know the story, right? Racing yeah. is racing, man. <clears throat> yeah. And, and so when did you join, uh, the, yeah. when did you join the Autobahn? So I joined the Autobahn, uh, would have been three years ago now, okay. three and a half years ago. And, and uh, did you have spec matter before then? Oh no, no, no I was so like, I just did like, so you, I bought the car like in the summer, um, did a bunch of laps, figured my long term, you know, maybe do a couple, a couple years of of uh laps and just kind of learning the car well you know that that spring i decided well what the heck might as well go take the take the school here at autobahn and and so you've been doing spec miatis for for, for about three years yeah this is going to be my yeah. third season <clears throat> okay uh, coming up so and then when did you um get your place or when did you join the your uh... so uh september of of last year um is when there was a, a spot available over at delta house okay. and um, fortunate enough to, to be part of that group. Yeah, it's so, I, I love going over there. As I've mentioned to you, I love yeah. the vibe. But I don't know. I just thought that you were like had been here forever. You know, I it just yeah. You know, um, I feel like I have. I, I but you made so many warm, friends. You're warm and inviting, Thanks. and um, just uh, just you know so helpful. Mm, I remember. Thanks. We happened to be here um, in the in the Missa garage. M Mitchell wanted to do my son Mitchell, uh, fifteen at the, maybe sixteen at the time. Want to do his own brakes on the Miata? God bless him. You know, I'll help yeah. him and, oh, and yeah. do mystics. Says, "Well, come over. You, you know, you come over here and use our lift. We've only used it once. We need to exercise it." So uh, um, we couldn't get the brakes. We couldn't figure out how to get the brakes pushed in. And yeah. I ran. I, I, I was going to go. I was going to go see Mario at the car track. Yeah. And I ran. I said, "Well, I run to Delta House." Yeah. And you said, "Oh no, there's a screw. You got to yeah. take the screw out in the back. You take yeah. the screw out in the back." I'm like, "Okay." And I yeah. went back. And of course, we figured. Well, he figured yeah. it out. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. And, and and the reason why I knew about the square or the screw was because of Art. So oh, because yeah. <laughs> so Art taught you, and then you then like I discovered that one on my own. You taught you taught us. Yeah. So, come, why is it not compressed? Why yeah. can't we? Compress press the spring right so um wow you uh so we did something we and not really okay not many me i mean i was there but uh we did so last year so you've only been here three years racing right. so this would be your third year this is going to be my third, third year so third season second, time we came in yeah, yeah so second year you are already traveled did you travel the first year racing no i just i just did the uh the autobahn the stuff. autobahn the first yeah. year so second year yeah. you jump jump off the jump off the, the diving board into the deep yeah. end and say and so you did last year you did uh road america i did road america did black hawk farms um uh, milwaukee mile uh, all in your second year yeah this is crazy yeah. so what's oh, third oh, you're gonna bring us no no we're not well, oh well no. we're here we're, we're here because this getting, is yeah. so we're so so in yeah. uh along two, with um all but one uh autobahn race last year i i missed it uh due to work conflict so so you had every yeah. every race 13 races 13 races yep. here yep we also did the the endurance race on my end end of my first year in an advanced auto sports uh, ND Miata, and we took second overall, me, Scott Bowman, and Peter Dempsey. Oh, what really? a great so, team. Yeah, oh, my God. That's it was. a great yeah. team. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. guys should have, you know, we were just watching upstairs, MX5 Miatas at Daytona. How about it, right? That's, 
anybody what about thinks the, those three that team right there is a solid team to compete yeah, against in so, that i mean yeah. it would be nice to see an autobahn guy at that at the last two races of the mx5 it would be i hopefully next year uh, i think we may we, you we, know we I, got a couple guys couple, couple uh, guys that are not going to be on the podcast right, right. right. hey but yeah. we will share that information That's so secret, um so. uh so this so a couple weeks ago yeah um uh so my son raced about three races last, three or four races last year, yeah. and we said um, with so many wonderful, wonderful, wonderful mentors here at the club, I, I can um, present company included, I should say for both you guys, um, we decided to try something new this year. Um, Talking about jumping off the 15 foot diving board <laughs> the 15 meter diving board going way yeah. going crazy 15 meter yeah. <laughs> so we uh met up with you yeah. in Sebring yeah. Florida at that the was historic racetrack historic. the birthplace of endurance racing yep. in the United States it was what an unbelievable experience and really what made it extra special was was all of the the our autobahn family and friends there it was I just, heard it was like an auto I mean unfortunately I couldn't make yeah. it cuz I, I was in a beach. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I was actually in St. Martin. Yeah. But I, uh, not there, bad. There was a ton of people there. Four four drivers. Yeah. Um, coaches, kind coach, of not coaches, 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 dads. Yeah. Um, so, support staff. Support staff. Lots of coaches. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we didn't. I didn't notice any golfing coaches though. You are my son's golfing co- coach. So <laughs> Mitchell plays golf. Well, well, does yeah. he swing a golf club? Let's go, let's just back he that. Did, he did swing. He did right. swing. He did swing. Right. We'll, we'll talk later about that. A couple practice swings. So you, but we all had practice swings. Yes, yeah, so it was fantastic. Yeah. So you have you really went down and you you went full in. So yeah. you showed up on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, we uh, you were right behind us. We flew um, into Tampa. You came in right behind us, and then yeah. we met up. Uh, went a couple different ways to get to Sebring, Florida, about two hours right. south. Yeah. And um, what? I mean, it was great to see you there. Um, we were all under the advanced autosport right. tent together, um, and it was a blast. It was. It was, it was. it was just a blast. It really was, and it was great to see Mitch do as well he did. I mean, that kid really came to race. So. Well, thanks, yeah. thanks. It was, um, but again, it's he is only an amalgamation of. Is that a word? It's going to work mm-hmm. tonight. Yeah. An amalgamation of all you guys for, for, for helping but, him. In. But to put and things in perspective, let me put it in perspective. From first place to where Mitch was, there were 60... 70. 70, 70 cars. 70, yeah. 70, yeah. On the 70 PO little mosquito bugs right. flying around the, the racetrack at Sebring. Yep. Mitch was in mid-50s, right? Mm-hmm. From first to 50 was, what, a minute and a half difference? It was like a parade. Oh, it, it was. Yeah, it was a I mean, parade. I mean, they were bumper oh, at the very, to, at the yeah. very end. You have race. to remember, there were there were probably fifteen or so Florida guys there that that have been no, on this track. track, and and here we are, the the infiltrators, you know, from the north. But it was so cool because there were there were literally people from every corner of the United States. This is like yeah. legit. This is a Hoosier Super Tour race. But this kid's this sixteen is, years old, right? Bumper to bumper, not yeah. losing it, controlling it. Right. I wasn't there, but I was literally, and I'm sitting on a beach drinking a, you know, a, a rum drink, watching, mm-hmm. but watching Mitch on my race monitor, yeah. 
like going, this kid's bumper to bumper yeah. and not flinching at all. So kudos to no, you, John. Good. I mean, yeah. that was a great, great was. thing. That was cool. It was, it was, He's got potential. It was cool. Yeah. Um, so the SCCA was Super was Tour. Super Tour. Who's your Super Tour? Super Tour. That's the National Spec Miata Series. Series. Or it's actually the, the whole gamut of SCCA racing. I mean, there right. were GT1 cars there. There were, you know, Formula cars. Um, the it, Formula 500 that we wanted, my yeah. favorite was the I called the little cuties, which yeah. were Formula 500. I had to stop and say, "What is this thing?" Yeah. It was like a giant go kart with a Rotex motor. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um, 400. I think there was 450 drivers at Sebring, something yeah, like that. It was um, incredible. Really yeah. cool Formula cars. Then the then we had the Trans Am cars. Yeah, which are came, just just pounders, like NASCAR you know, motors. Yeah. Is that the, who drives the Trans Am car here? At the, well, at the Brian Kabinsky has. Yeah, yeah Kabinsky has one. Yeah, uh, you know, I actually ran across a a, a ni- 2008 uh, broadcast from Sebring, and Brian Kabinsky was was in it driving a Corvette no in way. a driving rainstorm. I'm like, I know, I know that, that guy. Him. I know and that. he's really nice. Yeah, Randy Pope's won the race in a 911, but it was like a driving rainstorm. And you know, turn one yeah. at Sebring, there like guys were just going like right into the right into the wall. jeez! Oh, but it was that was pretty cool. So you so so, so you practice Thursday? Yep. Full, long a hundred minutes of practice on Thursday. Yeah, pretty, we pretty had long. four. Yeah, four twenty-five thirty-minute sessions. Yeah. So and um, and I had a great car. So I didn't have my own car, but I had a, an Advance Autosport car, Miata, that was. It was dialed. like it was dialed in, and I'd like to you know blame everything on a car, but this you like to blame it on the it was, so it was really, really nice. You, so you, and it was one of their rental cars, which actually my co-driver from the uh, uh, six-hour race ended up buying. So oh, so that's really? his car. Yeah, really. So like yes. yesterday. So. so you've done a, a lot of work with Advance. You're very comfortable, Correct. Ben, yep. who, who who owns Advance. They're a fantastic yeah. guy. They're, Great people. Um, so you were pretty comfortable by going down there and saying, I'm going to do it, yep. basically an arrive and drive. Correct. And so all you had to take was your yeah. helmet, race suit, shoes, yeah. and away we go. Actually, Ben took it down for me. Oh, because, yeah. you know, I can't trust I can't, I, I can't trust that on my airlines. He brought it on underwear. Sorry. Well, no, I I'm would gonna, have had to check it. Well, I'm going to tell you, when we put stuff, we have those trackers. I'm going to. Yeah. No, and I'm just, tiles, I'm just kidding. No, the Google Tiles. Yeah. We. If you check your race gear, you better know where your race gear is. Yeah. And actually, what it's I did... Like when my kids used to swim, right? These competitive yeah. swimmers swam all over the country. Always put your swimsuit in your carry-on. There you go. Right. Duly noted. So yeah. we got down there. Oh, yeah. We got down there and I packed the car. We actually drove our car down there the week before and put it in storage. But I had, hey, here's... Hey, Mitch, your helmet's in the bag in the car. Okay, it's a black bag in the car with a black helmet. We get there Thursday morning. He pulls it out, and he goes, oh, this is your black helmet, not mine. I'm like, oh. He goes, well, it won't fit me. I go, well, you're on deck in about 10 minutes, so you can either wear my helmet or not. And I ended up uh, wonderful people there at the um, the uh, wine country, wine, right? Wine yeah. country uh, auto uh, yeah. racing suit helmet store. They were fantastic. Yeah. They were wonderful. Um, anyway, that's not the story, but, um, yes, uh, we forgot his helmet. Yeah. So, um, so you're down there, so we're in the practice yep. 
And we had a wonderful dinner each night. Wonderful yeah. dinner oh, each was night. A blast, we yeah. all got together. Which was nice back then because here in Illinois, we couldn't have dinners. Right. Yeah, this it was, was yeah. Florida. This was Florida. Where it rules was, do not exist. Well, I mean, it was yeah. it was nice. It was you nice. had to, you know what they they did. It, they, it yeah, was nice. you kind of needed to have a mask. Okay, in theory. In theory, okay. yeah. So um, that was great because all yep. all the Audubon guys went out and yep. had dinner together. That's yeah, awesome. it was then, really it was really great to have everybody come together. That's was, the great yeah. thing about the Audubon, though. Right. I mean, if there's a race going on and yeah. there's two, four, six, twenty, it doesn't matter. Right. You'll you'll just. Pulling yep. together and yeah. have a wonderful time. It was great. And in, you, I don't know if you knew everybody there, but I mean, I've been to other races throughout the area, and if there's an Autobahn member that like, they take in and they they treat right. you like your family. Absolutely. And that's yeah. the greatest thing about this. It was a very family atmosphere. It yeah. was, which I'd never really experienced before. Yeah. So, so it was great. Um, so the next day you go head into practice. Yeah. Do practice and you know spun the car a few times and you know exploring the uh, you know the if you're limits. not spinning you don't you know, exploring you don't the limits of the car yeah. yeah you're just scuffing in the tires yeah ask ask the guys at Indianapolis 500 if if it's okay to spin out right because you know where they're gonna end up yeah so uh, well they're so what did you think what was your biggest surprise on the okay let me so, ask you this did you do any sim do you have a sim I do yeah did I have you, a sim did, did you do any practice on the sim? I did yeah and it you know it's it it, it it helps a lot because it gives you the rhythm for the track. And if you do it in it, you, you get the, it's very helpful for that. As far as, um, you know, the, the actual course, man, there's some bumps there and you know, some of it's very smooth. Um, but man, some of them are like Chicago potholes. It, you, it, you know what? Concrete from 1940. Hend, the Joliet Hendrix B17 bases yeah. is what that's from. Wow. So it, it, had, yeah. it definitely had some age on it. So but it's so cool. It you know it, that gives it the character, and I'm not complaining about the bumps. You I don't think, want it changed. I don't think no, anybody wants I don't think. Change. I think that's been addressed, and I think that's. I think like all the professionals are like, this is the way this, it is. This is it. But it what a what a great track. It's uh, wow. Just never experienced anything like it. There's a lot of times you go to a track that's like, oh, this is like this or this is like that. There's portions of this track is is like nothing else so it was it was great so yeah. so we you have a practice you day and oh, okay. uh, practice yeah. day uh qualifying day and then two races and how did you perform right um you know i had a spin in the first race so it Mitch kinda, hit you? yeah i, I put <laughs> i was uh no nobody hit me it was it was all me um no so, but you guys did bump when, that, that first time you guys yeah. came back you guys actually yeah. so I, I turned over and you guys were hugging over there or something yeah. i don't know what happened oh yeah whatever, whatever, that was yeah and then i was uh dfl then uh had to kind of catch up a few spots and uh then the next day was was better you know it got better and better Good. and faster and faster so um yeah it was it was so fantastic you, yeah so then you hang out we hang yeah. out for a couple so that yeah. ended sunday yep you hang out down in florida for a few more days yeah. and then yeah. and then the, the that's where i originally that was the whole purpose of the trip was to do the six hour endurance race um but during this the whole pr pl planning thing you know got the opportunity to run a super tour race and you know, you can't, you can't Which pass that Which probably prepared you, prepared you very well for the... Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that gave me the rhythm and, and uh, you know, learning the track. So my co-driver came in on Tuesday, and, and it was great. Again, the, the two days in between the races, 
uh, went up to Sarasota and hung out with some more members, uh, Gary Traverso and, and Dave Arweg, and they were, you know, such gracious hosts to, you know, to entertain us in that. Um, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, then picked up my co-driver, uh, which is a, another aviation professional, uh, American Airlines pilot, and went back and started preparing for the, um, the six-hour endurance race. And the, the other cool thing about that was, was on the Monday and Tuesday that we weren't racing at Sebring, the Indy cars and the, the Daytona prototypes were testing oh, really? in preparation for the 24-hour race. So it was, it was, that was really cool. Wow. So, so yeah. So, and that, and that race was Thursday night. Thursday night, yeah. So, so Wednesday night you're practicing. Yeah, we had two hours of nighttime practice. So with lights to see how the track looked at lights. Correct. You yeah, know, we so. put a light bar. Or advanced did uh, the team uh, put a really nice light bar on the on the Miata, and we had uh, four cars running um, in spec in, in what was called the R12 class, and we we were by far the slowest class, and we're basically running on course with Radicals, with Porsches, BMWs. Oh, we're talking and a bunch of professional drivers, so it was. It was the real deal. You to keep your yeah. attention to your left and your, your right. Your head then. was on a swivel, especially once you know once the sun set and you saw a light, but you had really no concept of where this, how far behind you this light was, or how quickly it was, because you, you have no depth perception. Okay. And so that was that was a challenge. And then there's a couple portions of the track that are like pitch black. And once you got into the rim of it, it got a little little easier. But you're basically putting your f- foot to the floor into pitch darkness, hoping the car is kind of pointed in the right direction, and, and you're gonna you're gonna end up wow. on on the rumble strips where your exit is. You know, yeah. so um, so it, that took a little bit of time to to kind of started get at three. That. Started at three p.m. Ended at nine. So. And the, yeah. it got dark quite easily by six. So yeah, so I, I started the race, did the first hour and a half. Steve did the, the next hour and a half. And so he kind of went into the dusk period. And I, I kind of had an easy one there because I started at dusk. So there were still, it was still easy to see your, your apexes and, and you know, your exit points and, and, and further down the track. So I was able to run into the darkness. So to, to me, that was that was an, an advantage. Mm-hmm. And then Bowman um, finished it in the dark. Yeah, it was uh, Steve Lanzer. Oh, yeah. So yeah. So and uh, yeah, he finished it in the dark. And and the two of us, we didn't put a tire off the track. Kudos. In six hours, and that was our. And so, like I said, some of these cars were running thirty second faster lap times than we were. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom Long was in the race, and, I mean, he's a big pro time driver. Big time and a lot of these guys, these Porsche guys, had like a kind of like the amateur, the car owner, and then they hired these pro drivers. And it was pretty evident, you know, when you're, when you're dicing it with these guys on who was in the car. Yeah. Hmm. So, what, so what time of, what kind of track time are, so for hour, for minute, two minute, yeah. the first lap to right. the last lap an hour and a half later, is your track as your lap times the same? Are they falling we, off? No, it was it? amazing, and and that's where I. So we finished second in class. I know, fantastic. Which Kudos. was yeah, 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 I was I was really yeah. proud of our. Well, hang effort. on, watch this. 
Nice. <laughs> yeah. Love the new and, podcast equipment. And, but the other amazing thing is we had uh, four cars from Advanced, and every one of them finished without a mechanical issue. A couple of the guys had some contact and stuff. And so the Great White North came down to the south. Right. And just yeah. Showed them who was boss. So I, I believe it was 34 cars that started. Again, by far, we were the slowest cars. And we finished 10th overall, and uh, Tom Brown and Ken Kennard, which are, are uh, Ken is a e-production pass SCCA champion, I believe last year or the year before, he runs a pretty highly modified Miata. And Tom Brown is, uh, he's from Wisconsin, um, certainly a highly accomplished driver, uh, Sneaky Moose Motorsports. Mm. But I think he's probably like a top, top 10, top 15 guys, guys yeah. in it guy yeah. in the country. Um, so they, they beat us by about, you know, three laps, I believe. But, man, I'll take that all day long. Oh, my gosh. You know? Second place, so, that was fantastic. I was, yeah. so, I was so excited. I, have yeah. to, I must admit that I did not watch the race on Race Monitor for six hours. So. No, that's not <laughs> Well, I, I, you just that's keep better. checking it. Yeah. Uh, keep checking. Keep checking. Keep no, checking. but it was, it was great. Uh, like I said, you know, consistency, like barbecue, low and slow, you know. Uh, it's the race. So just, just so you have kept a, it clean. You have quite the the year plan yeah. here, um, yeah. Audubon. Uh, some maybe we'll have you back and talk about the new car. Yeah, the new car and yeah. the, and That's the exciting. new exciting. What yeah. is the new car? So we have a, a spec. It's it's kind of a hybrid. Uh, could be considered. It was built as a spec MX-5, which is a, a class that's that's starting up to gain more traction in SCCA. Basically, it's the NC or the third generation Miatas. Okay. And we we're going to run it in uh, GT5 class. So we up the cubic displacement a little bit, and sure. we're running a 2.5 liter Mazda 6 engine in it. Oh wow! So that's really exciting. And um, but is you know if the spec MX5 thing that might be a thing for next year. So I still have the the two liter that came out of it. Okay. So that's that's well, a possibility. Well, you just informed me that Miatas now are entering. Vintage. Yep. Second year, right? Yeah. The, they're qualified for yeah. the vintage car race. Which is another license. Well, yeah. I actually did right. a, speaking of vintage, so SVRA. Uh, sport, which is a sports. Vintage S racing. Sports vintage, vintage racing, vintage racing associate. associate. Yeah. Yeah, they had, um, they had an event last year that was really cool because it kind of, they took the spot of where, where Indy cars vacated. So it was pretty cool because the, the radicals were there. So sure. again, a lot of Autobahn guys there. And then, you know, we, we had the weekend there. So I, I spent a lot of time at Road America last year, which was great because it kind of prepared for the, for the runoff. sausage ever. Yes. Yes. Ever. So, Sorry. Uh, so. Had to go to food for and a then, second. And then we had the, the IMSA support race, which was, was really cool as well. So All, all there, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so coming up, yeah, so we got the new car. Yeah. And we're going to, we'll, we'll talk to you about that, about how that goes. And then... Um, Soon here in a couple weeks, you'll be Road Atlanta. Road Atlanta with yeah, the along S with John Grabeel Racing uh, <laughs> Association. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, uh, SCCA Road Atlanta, another yeah. Super Tour. It's right? going to be round three of the Super Tour. Yeah. Uh, so the next round is at Coda. Coda in, in uh, Circuits of America yeah. in Austin. Yeah. So um, will we see you there too? No, I'm gonna. Do we know any yeah. Autobahn guys that are going to that? With Kyle? 
I don't. That's that's. that's a great I don't know. Track, yeah, I, I would I, love I, to do it. Yeah, I I'm so, going to you one know, day. You, one day. You really so. push me for. I mean, I'm going to try to race, particularly that enduro next year. I mean, it was, yeah. it, you know, it was great to see your son, uh, green flag drops at yeah. Sebring and 70 yeah. cars and he's three wide at a hundred yeah. plus miles an hour around right. turn one. It was That's pretty emotional for me. Absolutely. To watch. Yeah. And I'm glad I wasn't racing. I got to be honest. I, I would like to race next year. Yeah. But I was glad I wasn't racing the first year to see that, you yeah. know, to witness it, you know, not from behind him, because I'm sure I'll always be behind him. <laughs> right. But um, you, you would have your own lying things to deal with. Yeah. This was I, great. This to, was that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. So maybe next year, at least maybe yeah. I'd like to do the enduro. Yeah. I'll do the enduro or something. Yeah. I hope to. Maybe I father, hope, son enduro. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that what there be, was, yeah. you know, there the was a father and son, uh, the Goldbergs, Goldbergers. They, they did. Uh, they did it. The they race. did it. Yeah. I think that would be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, so as uh, we, we wrap up here, uh, Jim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, yeah. Was it? It wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be, was it? Oh, it was, it was superior. <laughs> um, it's, we uh, make it's, it easy here at the Audubon it's, Podcast. It's our pleasure, and uh, thanks for joining us. Oh my God! It was. Uh, thanks for having me. For sure. All right. So, well, uh, we'll see you guys next show. Sounds good. You've been listening to Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybill, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Join us next time for Autobahn Country Club Podcast. <laughs>